Welcome back to the Four Pillars of Health podcast, where today we have Dennis Lorden uh, from Fusion Performance. Um, thanks for coming on, Dennis. Hi, lads. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. Brilliant. Um, so, like, Dennis, do you want to just start by maybe giving a bit of background on, on who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I suppose my own name is Dennis Lorden, and um, so the best way to describe me is a performance coach. I have my own business uh, called Fusion Performance. I've been in performance for, I suppose, at this stage, nearly 15, 15 years. Uh, started off in education as a teacher. Um, I suppose with that, then you're working with high-performing individuals, uh, obviously your students. Um, you know, you're, you're looking to hit, you know, certain targets, KPIs, but obviously all get, get are based towards your you know, six years getting their results. Um, and then, I suppose, I've been coaching as in, you know, on the field with the whistle and the cones since I've been 18. And I've been lucky enough then to be involved with inter-county uh, inter levels at various levels within Cork. Um, and I kind of felt that my skill set and my interest was in, kind of in the business area as well. And I kind of felt it was a natural progression to kind of move into that area. And hence, the fusion performance was born. So, yeah, that's kind of a brief, brief, brief synopsis. Brilliant, yeah. Um, and and with the psychology side of things, like, um, like did that come before, like, like when you were teaching, like, did that, did you do the psychology before that, after that, or like, how did that come about? Yeah. So no, do you know what? Now I suppose you look at um from even my own time as as a student, I can remember always asking myself the question, you know, how did this teacher who didn't walk the room how did he have us eating out of his palm of his hand like and it was something I was always interested in and I suppose it was when I was working with the Cork Miners I was actually in as kind of S&C assistant and uh, I got to know Barry Corkery um, his performance coach uh, himself so trained psychologist and stuff as well so I got chatting to him and it kind of made me realize that you know this is something I'm really really interested in because I was you know you you be reading up at everything you're reading up on all aspects of performance, you know, for teams, how to improve performance, whatever else. Um, so I went and I did, um, excuse me, executive coaching leadership. And I was doing that and you're kind of, you're looking at it going, I'm doing it for business, obviously, but straight away my my head was in the sport. Like you're kind of going, just the commonalities between the two. And then I did leadership and transformational change. I did a level six um, sports psychology kind of course or start whatever it was and now I'm doing my master's in sports psychology in SETU Waterford um but like I suppose it's been a constant a constant kind of um I suppose journey um but the 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 goal or the driver has always been performance I'd have a master's in strength and conditioning um I obviously my teaching qualifications as well so for me yeah it's just I found it very very interesting how you can get someone to do something you want, but in a good way, in a way where they just go, oh, wow, yeah, he's, he's including me or he's asking my opinion. And, and you just get so much more from people as a result. When it comes to like sports psychology, uh, Dennis, like what are kind of some of the exercises that you do or like what, what is your role as a sports psychologist? Like how what, what's your impact on an athlete's life or or something like anything like that? Yeah, good question. I suppose, I suppose I'd start off and say I'm a sports psychology consultant. Um, okay. because I don't have the undergrads. Um, now you could, there's a conversion course I could do and go back and do your undergrads in a year and another master's, but 
I'll, I suppose, to go slightly away from your question for a second, I'd be probably looking at the European accreditation and the Sports Council accreditation. Uh, I'd be kind of going down that route. But I suppose what my role is, that's a good question. Um, so my role is to, I suppose, obviously get the most out of you know, the individuals in front of me, whether it be a team, a sports team, or whether it be, you know, a corporate team, what it may be, or whatever it may be. But I suppose to really get a group going, they have to trust each other. They have to understand each other. And it's it's kind of building that understanding. It's building that trust. It's building that environment where someone can say, oh, geez, Daniel, I don't agree with that. And Daniel can take it in, in a good way and go, okay, let, let's talk. What, what do you suggest? And all of a sudden then it's kind of collaborative and it's, it's creating that environment where people will kind of flourish, if that kind of answers your question. Yeah, 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 it does. Um, but yeah, Dan, do you have a question? And and like just kind of like with the teams like that, like <laughs> you, like is there any challenges like from the, the Irish perspective that um like I just taking it from a, a stereotypical like Irish man like myself that I'd probably be quite stubborn like to open it up to, to other people's opinion. Like yeah. find that's a challenge kind of at the moment, or like is there other challenges that you see? Um yeah, I suppose, yeah, look, we all like think that we're right. And yeah, I suppose you're never gonna say someone to wrong, do you know what I mean? Because Straight away, if you tell me something, go, oh, no, you're wrong. It's a very definite answer when there's a lot of grey area. You know, gee, look, that was a great point. You know, parts that are brilliant. What about this? And again, you're kind of building that collaborative thing. I suppose in terms of the people I've dealt with, I look, I'm really lucky. Even with Water, I've with Peter and Efi, they've been fantastic. Um, you know, they, they, so they've empowered me to go off and do my job, which has been brilliant. Um, one thing I have noticed, right, though, is that when teams, sports teams particularly, see or hear about a sports psychologist or sports psychology consultant, they kind of go, oh, my God, there must be something wrong with me. And this was the way I like to describe it. And the way I describe it to water for the lads is when I come in and I do something with you, it's not that there's nothing wrong with anyone. I suppose the best way to describe it is like tightening a screw. It's it's that kind of simple. Like, And obviously, you know, the process isn't simple, but in terms of trying to just alleviate any fears that oh, this person here to judge me or whatever else, you know, I suppose it, it, it isn't that, like. Do you ever yeah. have to deal with, like, um, self-limitation or people that just kind of doubt themselves? Like, is there anything that you can do to help people, like, not limit their, their themselves? Yeah, I suppose, like, again, part of the job is for me to help people to get out of their own way. So, you know, you're, you're talking to, again, going to business or going to sport, you're talking to incredibly talented individuals. You're talking to incredibly successful individuals. So, you know, I'm involved with clubs and stuff as well. And there's people sitting across here and they're kind of going, you know, they're doubting their ability, they're doubting their resilience or whatever. But like you look at them then and you kind of break it down further and you ask about their job, you ask about their career, you ask about the journey they went on to get that. And all of a sudden they can kind of see was was what I would see in terms of Jesus, I am resilient. Yeah, you know, I mightn't have gone to college and I went working for a couple of years and I went the long way, or some people I did not even start and went back and got my degree anyway. Um, but you would, like you would, you would you would see people with imposter syndrome. You know, it's that voice in the head where you kind of go, You're not as good as Daniel, or you know, you're not as good as Mel. But we'll always kind of we'll always look to compare yourself, compare ourselves to each to someone else. And I suppose it's like social media. When you look at someone's Instagram and 
they're away on holidays every week. And you think, oh my God, they have a great life. But you haven't a clue what kind of goes on in the background. Do you know what I mean? You don't know, you know, this person you think you've built up in your head, this ideal picture of this person and their skill set when you are absolutely very, very capable yourself. Like, and it's Go on, Dan, sorry. I, I was just going to say, like, like I suppose, like, you have to be around people kind of a lot um, and, like, build up that relationship with them before they do kind of open up as well, too, like. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, look, again, um, when I went into the water for a gig, um, I would have met the lads and, you know, done a, a general introduction. But, like, I suppose, like, I'd be quite shy myself. I'd be a bit reserved until you get to know me. So I remember going into the dressing room and I found that incredibly difficult. I really, really dig you're kind of going, you know, an element maybe imposter syndrome coming into Dermel, like you're kind of going, oh my God, I'm coming in here. What are they going to think? Um, but you know what? I suppose I had that talk, but I said, I just set out then to start talking to people. I started just trying to build that relationship. You know, it's the same as a really good manager. You know, a really good manager will know about their staff, you know, will know about this, you know, their kids' birthday coming up. And I suppose for me, success will be built on building personal relationships. So for me, to get the most out of the players, to get the most out of the individual in front of me, um, it's we're trying to build that relation, build that connection where they can kind of go, I oh, look, he's all right. You know, I, I'll open up to him. And luckily enough, so far it's been working. So long may continue. And what, like, what, what kind of, um, like, how would you form the connections, I suppose, from player to player, then too, from like a team point of view? Like, is there any kind of exercises that you do, or like any, any kind of things part part of your workshops that that kind of strengthens the team side of things? Yeah, I suppose it's just you know with the workshops, I suppose going in, you you do a questionnaire looking at psychological safety, and you'd look at how safe people feel speaking up if they don't. Then you're doing workshops and. You're kind of putting it on the individuals to even come up with solutions. But like, I love to do um, team building games, you know, team building exercises. I would have done stuff with the water from miners coming in with them as well. And we did a workshop. It was, I think it was about 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. Um, but, you know, that wasn't the end of it. We actually came and we did, you know, fun games, you know, getting a bit of crack, races, and just something where they have a shared experience where it's a bit of crack and you're looking across the fella next year and it's a laugh and straight away that's a, refer point or a reference point for them can go forward. Jeez, remember there last week we'd some crack. And I suppose you're also looking for them to share about themselves. So if, you know, one exercise you do do is, we'd say you're in the group, you, you ask someone to, um, look, who, who follows my United and he puts up his hand or she puts up her hand and, Whoever else follows my United goes to them. You ask another question, and all of a sudden you're kind of going to see. Well, you find out who likes my United. You find out who likes this, who likes that, and you see the people who've got things in common with you. And straight yeah. away there's a bond because you know you're going into a dress room or you're into an office and a new job. You find out the fellow next year follows United or loves GA. You can simply say, "Did you see the match last night? Did you see that goal? See that point?" And straight away there's just dialogue opening up and you're starting to build that connection then. Yeah, that's brilliant. Like, um, like, yeah, you wouldn't like, you know, like thinking back to my own kind of J days, they were, they were limited, like, but yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that, that kind of bond with people, like, unless you did exercises kind of like that, like, and 
just from the nutrition side of things, like I see that kind of massively growing now in J and a lot more like teams are putting in kind of investment into say like the allied kind of helps area. Like do you see mm. it it's growing like massively now too in the, the kind of psych psychology and mindset side of things? Yeah, I suppose we're kind of clubs at a, at a high level kind of see it. Um, it's not filtered down all the way and I'll, that'll take a bit of time. It's the same as strength and conditioning. Excuse me. So you'll see it at inter-county, it bleeds down to elite level clubs, you know, maybe senior clubs. And it's going to be the same now with the psychology piece. Um, so if I meet managers, I've been a few now at this stage, I always just say, for me, if I'm going, I'm looking to help them build the experience. So like what you want as a GA coach is you're walking down the street and you see a player that you coached 10 years ago and he's coming over for a chat. You know, how's the form? Do you remember the time we did this? They might not win any trophy, but it, it it's the experience because they're giving their time. Obviously the management there too. And so you want it to be a really positive experience for, for all of them. Now, will it be? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on what goes on. But more than, more than likely, that's what you want for them to go back in their time with a county or a club and go that was just a brilliant experience got great friends was treated really really well and just really fond memories of the whole thing brilliant yeah um and and then like um you kind of touch on the workplace side of things as well too uh, <laughs> like does that does that differ much from the the kind of athlete side of things um like there's there's definitely a lot of commonalities between the two um you know you, you know, I can still get a call from a business um, to kind of go, look, we're, we've issues with employee engagement or we've issues with employee confidence. Um, we're looking to maybe improve our offering to prospective employees, you know. So you'd be kind of going in with maybe a bit more of a specific brief to follow. Um, but like, I suppose I'd have, or I'd be a certified emotional intelligence practitioner as well. So emotional intelligence is a big thing in the workplace, you know, being able to, I suppose, test for it, being able then to debrief the individuals on their tests, and then I suppose promote um promote emotional intelligence in the workplace itself. So I'd have a number of programs that you can go in and run. Um, like one ele element that is really important is self-awareness. Like if if you're not self-aware, that could cause problems down the line. You know, you could be, you know, coming in and cutting across people's conversations or you could be maybe overbearing, you know, not an intentional, there's no badness there, but self-awareness just mightn't be at the level that's required. And again, it's something to work on. Um, but the corporates are the corporates are good fun as well, to be fair. And how like like someone struggling with kind of self-awareness, um, like how do you bring that up and how do you like I suppose help them develop self-awareness? So I suppose obviously you know, if you sit someone down, I can't, you know talk to you Dan and go I yeah. think you choose the self-awareness because straight away the defense is always up because what do you mean you choose self-awareness who says you can do that so like with that you'll be good in you doing your assessment so you start off with your emotional intelligence assessment and you actually see how the other employees view this individual so it's all anonymous and it's a traffic light system so red orange and green so green you're at the, you know the answers are within you know uh, so it's a good a good area but again Again, I'd probably say I even just dare my use of good was wrong because I don't want to put my beliefs onto their scores. So, you know, you'd start off, you look at the greens, okay, we can leave them to last. 
we might look at the oranges first, look to turn as many oranges to greens as we possibly can, and then you're looking to tackle the reds. So it would actually show up within that assessment of employees. And you could say to them, then, says, look, this is what your, your colleagues are seeing. You know, what do you think yourself? And they'll have a bit of a discussion and, you know, you can bring back to the examples or whatnot. But I suppose once you have that and you know yourself with the nutrition side of things, once you have the data to back it up, that will kind of, you know, open up the conversation. And then it's a coaching session. Do you know what I mean? Then it's then it's again building the trust. And I suppose I'm not there either to I suppose not to challenge them or whatever else. I'm there to hold them accountable. Um so yeah, that's where that would kind of go. And I suppose it can be difficult too. Like if, if someone got a load of of like kind of red and and you're sitting there kind of showing them this and this is what their like their colleagues think of them, like has something like that kind of ever happened before and like yeah, and it, but I suppose again, what I what I would tell them, it's a snapshot in time. You know, yeah. this is the email went out on the Tuesday. They saw it Tuesday evening, and you know, it could have been just something that happened two minutes ago. You know, it could have been, you know, you were in a bad mood, whatever it may be. But like, it's just a snapshot in time, and you know, it isn't a definite thing. A red isn't going to stay red forever. An yeah. orange isn't going to stay orange, and more importantly, a green. Like a green is where you're at, but you still want to keep improving yourself. To kind of to get that it's like it's, it's essentially how you turn up so like that's the way you kind of that's the way i kind of phrase it is like how do you turn up how can you turn up you know where you're going to enjoy your work a bit better or where you maybe interact with your your colleagues a bit better or whatever else yeah i think that it's something that's not spoke about enough is emotional intelligence like yeah when i was in school and when i was in college I wasn't necessarily book smart. I never really was, but mm. I was extremely like emotionally intelligent. I, I didn't even know what that was, but I, I, I did yeah. tense and I always had like a really high score. Yeah. And like, for example, like, do you know if you're around a group of people and mm. it, we're all having the crack, one person in the corner there is like clearly not enjoying the conversation and is clearly uncomfortable. Mm. A lot of people are just unaware of that and they don't, they don't recognize that, wait, what I'm saying isn't funny to that person and they're feeling yeah. it. And it's something that I always like had a sense for. And I'm like, why is this not as common as I think it should be? But it's a lot of people actually are not emotionally intelligent, I think, <laughs> from my experience. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, like, I'd be honest with you, if I look back at myself, I can remember going to college um, when I was doing my arts degree, I can remember we had a class on a Friday. I think it was history or sociology. I can't remember what it was, but it was nine o'clock every Friday. I remember going in and every Friday I'd be giving out to one of the lads with whatever. I can't remember what it was. But eventually got to the stage where he was just sick of me. And at the time, I had no, no self-awareness whatsoever. I just thought, oh, he's my buddy. And I'm going to unload and load and load the whole time. And, you know, it's looking back now, you're kind of going, ah, yeah, mm. you know, Pair it back, you know, think about someone else, you know, be self-aware. Um, but definitely in schools, you see it. It's like, it, it's huge. You're looking, if you're looking at the, the I suppose, things since COVID, you're looking at people have realised that the work-life balance wasn't correct. You're looking at, you know, until until that um, event, they were on the, 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 the carry, you know, the merry-go-round, not getting off, you're a strud, you know, crud, you know, or sorry, working through, you know, just it was it was a grind, like, and then people can realize, oh, hang on, I've I've been home for a few months, 
time to think and you look to change career. Um, and then you kind of see that when they were kind of changing the career, that it was employees who were kind of emotionally intelligent or aware of these things that became aware of their situation that looked to move on, looked to better themselves. And I suppose there's a great saying, I suppose linked to my the, the crowd I did my accreditation with, but they were saying IQ gets you hired and EQ uh, gets you promoted. Yeah, And absolutely. it's really, really true, like, because, you know, it's, you know, like people come a doctor, for example, like it's slated for this, but like people incredibly, incredibly smart, but some will be book smart. And we've all come across doctors who've noticed, who, who may not have the best social skills. And I think now they might have incorporated into you into the stuff as well. But, you know, it's, it's, that's, it's that, um, it's that social connection is key. You it's, know, it's, it's, it's important that people like are aware of that because I actually wasn't aware that I was emotionally intelligent when I was in school. And I wasn't necessarily good at learning off things by heart. And, yeah. you know, it was a point system. And yeah. I remember just being so annoyed that it looks as if I'm not as smart as this guy, but, you know, he, he can't hold a conversation. You know, yeah. you know, those things just kind of bothered me. But because it was, I didn't have a rote memory, like a yeah. lot of guys just could just read it and then 600 points, like, you know? So, yeah, I, I definitely wasn't one of them. I'm actually... Yeah. Um, I found some old school reports and there was a, I think it was a third year. I got my science result back. It was 9%. And I'll never forget it. Um, the year ahead, he was our class teacher. Sorry, our class teacher. He was our civics teacher as well. He comes in, he's like, Lord, was that 90% or nine? It was like, nine, sir. And 9%, like, you know what I mean? You're going to get 9% for writing your name. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't that either. And I suppose I actually went back and repeated leaving cert. Um, and... I, you know, look, as a teacher, I think, in my opinion, that uh, I suppose the way it's geared at the moment, it could be a lot done a lot better where we are looking at skills like emotional intelligence or we are looking at, you know, maybe different kind of careers um, that maybe don't follow the, a linear line of, oh, you like maths, you're going to be a mathematician or you're going to be an engineer or whatnot. Um, and you, you see, definitely see in school now the art of conversation, they, they find it hard, like, they find it really, really hard. And I suppose it's a different generation to what we were going in, obviously, um, in terms of social media and the phones and, and whatever else. But it's, um, yeah, it, it's really, really, really important to be able to relate to someone, to understand them, you know, show a level of empathy. And if you're a leader, doing all that, you know, making them feel empowered, making them feel part of the team and giving them the confidence to kind of go, oh, I can do that or I can go for that promotion or, and I suppose having the leader who will kind of go, go on, you go for it. Whereas, you know, in some instances, you know, in, in industry or whatever, there may be leaders there who are, aren't, we'll say, encouraging that. They might be ruling with an iron fist and maybe emotional intelligence is something they could work on. Yeah. And then, you know, like, um, actually another point, you said about self-awareness. So, yeah. Like we, ha we have self-awareness, right? But on the other end of that, there's like kind of hyper-awareness of yourself. And mm. I feel like, you know, I've had a fair amount of anxiety in my own life. I work with people and I'd be teaching classes and I'd be in the public. But it's very easy for me to get self-conscious. And yeah. is there anything that you can kind of say that might kind of help people to kind of overcome self-consciousness or anxiety that way? 
Oh, good question. Good question. Or um, would you know any? Would you know any methods or anything like that? No. Um. Yeah. So, like, I'd be, I'd be talking to where I, I do workshops at schools and stuff as well. And one of them is this was understanding, uh, our thoughts and emotions and anxiety kind of comes into it. Um, and I suppose the the biggest educator is understanding and helping people understand what anxiety is first of all. So, what are the symptoms? So, I would be quite an anxious person as well. But my symptoms manifested in a really bad shortness of breath. And I had it for years. I didn't know what it was. And that could last, it literally could last months where you're just, you know, I, I'd just be taking a big, deep breath in to try and reach that um, that sense of release to give me that momentary ease. Um, but it's until I started delving into it and understanding it, then it, it didn't really uh, affect me anymore. So like one thing I would give we say people is you know some form of meditation um there's some really good apps out there so it's um i can't remember the name of the app or the exercise ever in my, in my journal but it's um involves we say tensing the muscles and letting go you know just to i suppose if the app talks it goes through you're sitting down you're grounded your feet are on the floor your back is up against the chair and you're going through your various exercises with a view to I suppose, getting in that state where you can relax and where you can kind of let things go. And this was the more you do it, the easier you can get into it. Um, for me, myself, with my anxiety, does this happen? Absolutely. My understanding is how greatly, but you'd say in my front room now, um, it's kind of turned into a hobby room, just of all stuff I was interested in as a kid, little figurines, jerseys, all that kind of crack. And for me to go in there and just look back you know, at, at these items, that brings me a kind of uh, a bit of a sense of ease. And I suppose, along with an answer, one more thing I do have is um, players struggle to switch off. They're anxious, they're overthinking things. So even something that I, I kind of give players is um, colouring. So literally a colouring book. Find something that interests you, you know, whether it be a certain topic, or whatever it may be. And taking time to actually sit down and colour. And what you find is you get lost in it. You're, you're, you want to stay in between the lines. You want your colours to match whatever it is in your head. And you're taking your focus off your worry. You're taking focus off your anxiety. And that energy has been put into something else. And again, that kind of gives you that kind of micro break where you can just kind of relax and decompress. I think I hopefully answered your answer. Or answer that's your a great point. The last point you said there, that's a great point. Um, like it's where, it's where you're focusing your attention. Because if I'm focused on colouring, like you said, I can't be thinking about my own issues. Yeah. Like when I'm in a situation now, like nowadays what I do is if I'm feeling self-conscious, I focus on the other person and the outside world because you can't be worrying about, oh, what do I look like? Or do, do, they, do they think I'm good enough if you're completely zoned in on something else? Yeah. So putting your mind somewhere rather than at yourself, because I feel like, yes, being self-aware is brilliant, but if I'm, if I'm up, if I'm giving a talk or a workshop and there's like 50 people in the room and I'm thinking about myself and what I look like, you know, that you're going to kind of crumble there, there like, so yeah. it's focusing on external when it comes to social situations, I find. Yeah. And I suppose even, even with that, um, you know, it, it, you know, I suppose I'm lucky enough. Obviously you say you work at workshops and stuff as well, but that is when you go in first in your first slide, it is nerve wracking. And I suppose for me, I kind of, you know, it's like I I obviously done it before, so I have that experience. I kind of focus on the process, so I know what slides are coming up. I've been prepared. 
but at the same time, it's like I nearly imagine myself as, you know, out, out of body experience where I kind of go in my head, going, what does someone who's really relaxed or something look like? What what way did what do they do? And that for me, that's like cracking a joke with someone or whatever it may be. Um, but it's you again going back to the athletes, you find again when there is when their focus narrows, there's kind of you know it it'll affect performance. So again, you kind of give cues to kind of keep that broad as you possibly can. Because if, if it narrows into something where you're dreading something, whatever it may be, it, it could be hard enough to shake. Like, And it, like just um, on the colouring side of things um, too, like what I see really popular now too on social media, like I, I don't try it myself, but um, journaling is, is becoming huge. Like, is that something you've ever tried or like get people to try? Yeah, actually, I have. I'm actually in the middle of I've my own journal designed now that will be sent to print hopefully in the next week. Um, so it's an it's an, you know um an athletic tracker. So we have your 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 week. Um, you've got performance preparation in so your nutritional, uh, technical, tactical, whatever it may be. You've got your you know your your wins or whatever it may be, and I suppose. What I like about this is is that you've got your week, you can mark out what you've done. You've also, from the performance side of things, you're looking at, you know, have you done enough tactically or is your nutrition right or whatever it may be. But, like, there's there's areas for notes, you know, there's a performance wheel, there's the wheel of life, which is looking at balance and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that it, but it's a really, really powerful tool, tool because what I'm telling my lads to do is have it recorded if there's an issue you will have gotten over it. You know, you will have found a solution yourself, whatever it may be. And that's a bank of, that's a bank of wins for you to build confidence. It's a bank of strategies to tackle maybe anxiety, but also more importantly, it's it's a, a lived experience that you can kind of go back and look at. So you've got your Monday to Sunday or whatever it was, you know, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, fill in for your training. In a year's time or 10 years time, you clean out the attic and there's your diary from when you played at Waterford as a senior footballer. And you can go back to what you were thinking, what you were feeling, and the thoughts of the games, and it's uh, really, really useful too. I actually, I've, I've, I carry it one to ones with players, and it's something I actually encourage every single player and every one to one that I've done to to start doing. Yeah, it's brilliant. We mentioned it now because you're doing the book and all, like, but um, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to start journaling myself actually now too. Um, but yeah, like that's 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 brilliant. I just see a trend in all over kind of um like Instagram now too. Um and like would you would you recommend doing it like every day, once a week, once a month? Do you know what when you chat to people, it's some fellas say or people like say, Look, I'm struggling to to stick to it. So that with Dane, that might be once or twice a week. There's 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 lads there who do it every night after every single training session or whatever it be. Um like for me, I have I don't even know if I have one here. I used to buy a yearly journal every year and I never used them. I only started using them this year and it just gives greater focus because you're, you know, even down when I was touching base with you, like on the, on, on, the, on the day, whatever it was, you know, meeting with Daniel, go through the points of what it was, you know, go through the goals and who's it? we'll meet in two weeks time and you're going to that two weeks, you're doing your goals for that session and it just brings focus and I actually think it brings accountability. Because it's very easy for me to say in my head, obviously, I'm going to call Dan tomorrow, Mel tomorrow. But unless it's down there, you're putting it kind of out there going, oh, shit, I have to do it. Because like, I have a head like a seed, my wife will tell you that. So 
if I don't write stuff down, I'd probably forget them anyway. But I think having it down there, it just makes it very real. Um, and I suppose you're holding yourself accountable, which I think is really important. It builds discipline too, I suppose, like over time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think business does that as well too. Like, um, like was it um, was it kind of scary at the start going from a teacher into business? Uh, I'll be honest, it's the scariest thing I've ever done. Yeah, the scariest thing I've ever done by bar none. It's it's terrifying. Going back to what Mel said with imposter syndrome, it that was in my brain constantly. Are you good enough to do it? Can you do it? Are you going to have to go back teaching? And don't get me wrong, I love teaching. Like, I love the interaction with students. I love that. But I just felt there was more, I could offer more, we'll say, in, in this role. Um, but yeah, no, by far, it's the, it's the most difficult thing I've ever done. You're, you're constantly looking for ideas. You're constantly looking for leads. You know, there's doubts there. There's worries there. It's very different to teaching where... Like you get your job and you obviously have your stresses of the job, but you're paid every week, you know, if your holidays, um, you know, so yeah, oh no, by far the toughest thing I've ever done. No, great though. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Just that's what it. I was going to say. Would you recommend yeah. doing it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. do you like it? Do you like it? <laughs> I was doubting myself there for a second. I was like, no, I love it. It's, I love the freedom it gives me. I love, um, it's for me to be successful, it'll actually have to be built on personal interaction. You know what I mean? It's and it's on me. It's and look, I think I'm quite good at it. Um, so yeah, no, I I love it. I love the area. I love the leadership. I love emotional intelligence. I love the psychology. But I love the psychology of teams. Um, and helping someone get that aha moment where you just see it twigs with them. That's really really powerful. Like you know, when someone suffers from anxiety or worry, and you can help them cope with it or give them strategies to cope with it is great now obviously as a performance coach um if you are having a one-to-one especially we say um with regards to ethics and stuff if it goes to this to over to the the side where it's a counseling session i'm not skilled for that so then that's referred on to a kind of a counselor um but you can still make a lot of impact i suppose without going into a counseling session if you get me you know, like you said about um, the business side was terrifying. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the comfort zone? And do you think that in order to be successful, you have to just keep pushing outside it? Oh, the comfort zone is, that's where I love to stay. <laughs> that's where that's where I absolutely love to stay. But, you know, no, you have to keep pushing yourself. Um, like, I'll be honest with you, one thing I found is ringing people talking to people with your leads i found that terrifying same as dan same yeah we dan. we mentioned uh oh. me, and mel did, me and mel did a kind of just a, a one-to-one kind of uh, podcast there recently and i mentioned that too that i was there um listening to the wolf of wall street motivational video on youtube just uh <laughs> going through the the, the, bloody, <laughs> the themes of like you know uh what did they say um it's like you you like just the, pick up the phones. It's, it's a load of Leonardo DiCaprio shouting anyway, and that's how yeah. I. <laughs> yeah, I, I found that, and then I obviously had to do it. So then I pushed out my comfort zone. You realize that's not that bad anyway. Um, but no, I actually have a really good post up on my LinkedIn about the different zones and comfort zone, etc. Um, 
so have a look at that but yeah no it's it, i think it, it's if you're if you're comfortable i suppose you're maybe not taking risks um like for me obviously enough leaving like leaving teaching um was absolutely a risk like but I suppose you can always go back to it. Do you know what I mean? I'm always going to be a qualified teacher or whatnot. Um, and yeah, I just felt that I could have stayed now in the comfort zone teaching. And, you know, but what I actually found was I was living my, or wishing my life away. And that just messed with my head. So I was like, no, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to push myself to do it. Um, and I've actually started even outside of business, even with a few other things, just, I suppose, having a brass neck. Because I was very reserved, or I I kind of wait for things to come to me. Whereas now I'm going after them, and if they happen, great. If they don't, great. You know what I mean? You just get out of it. It's just next ball, as they say to the lads, like next ball, go again. You have like like I've said this before on this podcast. Dan is sick of hearing me saying it, but you have loads of choices. Like every day, you have choices, mm. like like hundreds of choices, like even social things or what foods you eat or if you go training or not. And often it's the one that you know you should do, but you just have, you just, often you just don't do it, you know, yeah. like in order to get better. And I, I feel like this, it's very empowering when you start deciding to do the thing that's a bit difficult now in order to get better results later. So like, yeah, I look, I'll be honest with you, I still, I still, um, there's still things I'm putting off, like, do you know what I mean? Now to be fair, it's about taking action. So like, yeah. again, one of my goals is actually to lose a bit of weight. So I actually, Got on to Dan for nutritional plan. We still have to, I still have to actually answer back his email about making the appointment. But at least I reached out to him initially is what I'm telling myself. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a hundred, yeah, no, I agree with hundred percent on that. Even like uh, things like ice baths, I find are, they have like a kind of a, a direct relation with making hard decisions in, in normal life. Like, you know, when yeah. you're going to ice and you're just, yeah. you're just like, I don't want to do this, but I'm deciding to do it anyway because I know I'll feel better after. And I feel like yeah. that's the same with like even social situations with me. Like I'm like, I don't want to talk to this person. I'm still going to do it and I feel better after. So I feel like there's a yeah. kind of a correlation with that. Yeah. And even uh, we um, we have a brilliant SNC coach uh, with from I, Colin. He's brilliant. And we've been chatting about ice bats and he was kind of saying, look, literature is you know, on it is, you know, whatever. It's not really backing up either way or whatever. But he said it's a lot of it's a mental thing. It's just pushing yourself to that to that limit. Um and even you see it on the things like Ultimate Hell Week. Like they're brilliant to watch where people are just pushing themselves to the limit to see what they can do. Um and I suppose the one thing I stress to anyone I work with is the sky's the limit. Like, you know, you know, there's obviously things that you say if you're looking at me I could never become the doctor because I wasn't smart enough but I can be incredibly success- successful somewhere else you know it's just this was identifying and finding your why and why not yeah finding a purpose and all that yeah yeah 100% yeah definitely brilliant well that's 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 great like um so like we, we might end it there um so like just where is the the best place to find you so Dennis on socials yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so Dennis Lorden uh, on LinkedIn, Fusion Performance Coaching on Instagram, and then there's two other kind of sub, or there's another sub page in which is a Fusion Performance Psych. It's linked on the page in it just for sports stuff. Um, and my website www.fusionperformance.ie. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on. Anyway, 
Um, That's brilliant. Delighted to really enjoy that. Thanks a million for having me. Brilliant. So this has been the Four Pillars of Health podcast. Thanks for listening.